0: You watch this guy on television? You all were not telling the truth, and you should not be trusted. Congressman
1: Matt Gates, thank you for what you yeah. did for your country tonight. Be
0: offended with the Democratic whip, not House Republicans. Like a machine, Matt Gates. Welcome to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Let's talk about the news. Two law enforcement officers getting shot sitting in their patrol car in Los Angeles. Video from the episode has circulated widely. It shows someone in Cold blood just walking up to the cop car, targeting the officers, shooting, and then subsequently there was an effort to try to block access to the ambulances and the emergency rooms, attempting to provide life saving care to these brave heroes who are willing to wear the uniform and stand between lawful, civil society and the criminal element. And make no mistake, it is the criminal element that is engaged in this anti-police activity. I can't imagine being so craven, being so violent and hateful that you would literally be chanting that you want police officers to die as you block entrances to emergency rooms. But this is precisely what happened. And the left wing corporate enterprise in the United States is helping to fund this. What do you think's going to happen when you tell people that you're going to pay their bail for their crimes because you're sympathetic to their plight? Well, that's not going to cause people to be more helpful or more cooperative or more peaceful. It's only going to increase the extent of the negative violence and we see that on display. So we pray for all of our law enforcement officers and their families. We especially pray for those impacted by this horrible act of violence. And we've got to get our act together as a country. We've got to crack down on these types of attacks. And I fully agree with President Trump when he said that if someone kills a law enforcement officer in the United States of America, they should face the death penalty. And I hope the individual who did these killings gets the death penalty. If law enforcement officers die, You know they absolutely deserve it in those circumstances. Frankly, it's why we have the death penalty, so that we can create sufficient deterrence and we have to utilize the death penalty with sufficient speed for there to be a deterrent value. And I agree with the president on that as well. Microsoft's potential acquisition of Chinese-based TikTok is apparently over, unsuccessful. Microsoft posting to their blog that ByteDance, which is the parent company to TikTok, has rejected their offer. Now it looks like Oracle is in the driver's seat. I mentioned my concerns about Microsoft making this acquisition. Microsoft has been very cozy in their relationship with China. They've got an AI center in China, and I wasn't entirely confident that this was a move that was going to fully vindicate the president's desire to protect our national security by stopping uh, China's ability to spy on millions of Americans through this application used by so many American teenagers and others. Uh, Oracle saw their stocks rise about 5% with the news. They will take a substantial position within the company and they will provide the cloud computing services uh, that will allow us to have a greater sense of certainty that China is not using this dual use technology for uh, purposes that are detrimental to U.S. national security. So good to see the president's plan being executed to end Chinese ownership of TikTok in the United States. Also good to see Microsoft not getting a windfall based on their relationship with China. Let's hope that Oracle is the right partner. I have often discussed on the podcast the real danger that comes with Chinese drones occupying American spies with dual-use technology, with the desire, the wherewithal, and the technical capability to assess American critical infrastructure, And then maybe use that for China's benefit or maybe sell it on the open market to some nefarious actor that would want to do harm to our country. I've called on the Attorney General to ban DJI drones. Those are the Chinese manufactured drones in the United States of America. I've called on him at a bare minimum to stop U.S. law enforcement from acquiring these drones and flying them around our communities. But if we are going to prevail in the drone wars, it is gonna require enhanced American innovation. And on that front, we have fantastic news from the America first defense contracting company, Andrel, Flame of the West. And the American company Andrel, uh, founded by one of our uh, good friends, Palmer Luckey, the founder of Oculus, uh, has built the smartest drone in the world. It's the Ghost 4 it's waterproof it has artificial intelligence and swarming capabilities take a listen to palmer lucky on mornings with maria discussing andrel and the next generation of drone technology
1: The men and women who are serving on the front lines fighting for our freedom deserve the very best technology previous versions of ghost have been used by u.s forces and allied forces including the uk royal marines future commando force for uh, quite some time now and as we've worked with them, we've asked, what do you want to see in a drone? What do you want to see that right now is only available in Chinese drones? Uh, and Ghost 4 is kind of the result of that. We wanted to make something that was the best drone in the world that you can carry around anyway. You know, uh, it, it can be flown from anywhere in the world like a predator, but that's where the similarities end. It's a fully autonomous drone that can be viewed, you know, linked to by anyone anywhere in the world, but it can, can be carried in a very small backpack. It actually packs into a carry case smaller than a DJI Inspire, which is pretty incredible. Um, it's almost it's nearly silent it can fly for over a hundred minutes on a standard with 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 a with a standard battery pack and payload Um, And most importantly, you can treat it more like a real person in a real aircraft because of the onboard AI core uh, and less like a remote controlled airplane. You can give it tasks like going out and finding people, going out and tracking a vehicle, patrolling a perimeter autonomously. And they can actually do this in large swarms as well. So they're designed from the start to be an AI teaming based aircraft where you can have dozens of airframes controlled by a single operator. And that's a capability that is a game changer for military operations
0: venus is the brightest object in most clear skies and it may be the newest place to look for life the new york times has the story that some scientists have now been observing the gases that exist in the atmosphere of venus and they are finding particles that they believe could be the result of life in that atmosphere now we typically have viewed mars as more likely to have Life forms on it as a consequence of, of frozen water and the topography there. Venus has a far higher temperature. It's obviously closer to the sun, but up in the atmosphere, in those gases, there may be evidence of life. So the next uh, step in this process is to use uh, additional telescopic evidence and then potentially to collect microbes so that we have the opportunity for analysis. Very exciting. We might not be alone. And additional life might be a lot closer to us than we originally thought. Andrew Gillum. Oh, Andrew. Uh, Today in an interview, he comes out as a bisexual. You'll remember Andrew Gillum. He ran for governor in Florida. He lost a close race to my good friend, Ron DeSantis, and then subsequently was found in a Miami Beach hotel room with a, a male escort, a nurse, a disco ball, erectile dysfunction, injections, uh, and methamphetamine. Andrew was not conscious when he was found by police. Uh, He was allowed to go home without incident, without arrest or charge for anything. And today we see what is the beginning, I guess, of the Andrew Gillum political comeback. And the story kind of goes something like this. He's not gay, he's bisexual. He and his wife have an agreement I don't know what that is, and I don't particularly care. Here's my hot take. I don't care about Andrew Gillum's sexuality as much as I cared about his socialism. Andrew Gillum's bisexuality wasn't going to endanger the people of Florida, but the policies that he had implemented as mayor of Tallahassee had resulted in higher crime, economic flight, corruption, and the guy even took illicit free gifts from an undercover FBI agent. He took Hamilton tickets. And while he claimed there was nothing wrong with that, it was okay, it was a swap for some Jay-Z tickets from his brother, that it was all fine. Well, after the election, you see Andrew Gillum have to uh, plead no contest with the Ethics Commission, pay a $5,000 fine, admit that he was wrong. And I think that is just a lot more telling about who Andrew Gillum is than who he chooses to sleep with. But here's what doesn't add up about the Gillum story. He says that he wasn't up there engaged in any sort of sex act with his companion, despite the disco ball and so forth, that he was up there drinking like a friendship or other normal relationship. Again, these are his descriptions on the Tamara Hall show. Now, is anyone buying that? I mean, if if you're going to be authentic, Andrew, if you're going to come out and just be like, look. I'm bisexual, my wife's cool with it, every once in a while I engage in activities outside the marriage, I think that it would not be for anyone other than Andrew Gillum's wife to pass judgment on that or or have a view on it. But when you come out and say, well, I want to live my truth and I want to be authentic, I'm a bisexual man, but the disco ball and the injections and the meth and all of that going on in a Miami Beach hotel room, that was just a couple of friends hanging out it does seem to erode the authenticity of the point that Gillum is trying to make. So I don't wish negativity on anyone. I hope Andrew and his wife and their family are able to thrive uh, as, uh, you know, this is obviously a challenging time for them, but don't go on TV plotting your political comeback, trying to tell the American people and the people of Florida uh, that you were not up to something that you were clearly up to. Just own it next time, Andrew. There are dead monkeys in the chili peppers. That's what U.S. Customs and Border Patrol found. The Miami Herald has the story endangered primate found dead in shipment of chili peppers mailed to the United States. And this came from Thailand. And in addition to the, I guess, monkey, it's called a Loracid uh, that was found, there were numerous dried frogs and insects, uh, a few turtles and the shipment was intended for Buffalo, New York. It was intercepted and it appears most of these dead animals that were dried and saved in the chili peppers uh, are endangered. So who knows uh, if this was some kind of weird Asian traditional medicine thing where people were trying to get ingredients, uh, but I am probably gonna lay off the chili peppers for a little while knowing that they were utilized to mummify and ship a bunch of dead, endangered animals. Iranian champion wrestler Naveed Afkari has been executed in Iran on Saturday, Uh, this according to Iran's state-run news agency. The 27-year-old was executed in prison. Uh, He had been sentenced to death in relation to the murder of the Iranian government's water and sewage department's security agent uh, during a series of protests and uh, the International Olympic Committee said it was shocked by the announcement uh, and concerned uh, certainly that you've got someone uh, so high profile uh, who uh, the Iranians appear to have taken out as a consequence of politics not as a consequence of any actual murder but because they don't like it when somebody starts uh, getting attention in their criticism of the Iranian regime. Here's my hot take. Iran is playing with fire. They already have very negative economic conditions for their people. They've already lied to their people about shooting down a commercial airliner. They've seen substantial civil unrest. And if they keep this crap up, the regime is unlikely to hold. It's my belief that the more the Iranian government declares war on their own people through really what appears to be an extrajudicial killing. I mean, I know that they claim the trial and the murder and all that, but what you're really looking at here is the Iranian government's desire to get rid of someone who is a critic. And the more they do that, the more critics they will acquire, and they're not going to be able to kill all of them. But the Iranian revolution that is needed is a revolution led by the Iranian people, not by the United States, not by Saudi Arabia, not by external forces. Because what the Iranian regime wants to do is externalize their conflict, create the notion of some evil Satan other that they can attempt to rally some sense of nationalism around, but they erode any possibility for that type of loyal nationalism when they kill their own national athletes and the folks that the people look up to. So this appears to be yet another rash decision by a terrorist regime and their people should ultimately hold their government accountable for it joe rogan the podcast king is perhaps set to moderate a presidential debate president trump agreeing that he would participate in a debate that was proposed by joe rogan on his show we remain to uh, see whether or not joe biden would be willing to do that but i think it would be good for the country The mainstream media has had a monopoly on presidential debates for far too long. When you look at the lies the mainstream media tells, when you look at the bias that is inherent in their production and in their frame on questions, maybe having more like the kind of regular Joe Rogan situation unfold before the country would be more authentic, would be more fair. Joe Rogan enjoys moderating debates even when he doesn't have the debaters directly before him. That's the magic of his show. He finds these fights or areas of conflict or circumstance around the country, and he sort of presents the issues and then weaves through uh, the various dynamics of uh, of that conflict. So what better platform than the Joe Rogan show for a fantastic presidential debate? I hope it happens. but. Not so sure Joe Biden's looking forward to the debates. Uh, I discussed the Biden campaign, his challenges on Steve Hilton's show last night. Take a listen. If Donald Trump gets more than 40% of the Latino vote, this election's going to be over in, in pretty early in states like Florida and Arizona, where that's a substantial portion of the electorate. The critical question in this election is who uh, can revive the American economy and who can put down the mob? Joe Biden is having a real crisis of competence. His effort looks less like a presidential campaign on many days and more like elder abuse, just because he's sort of wandering (laughs) around, uh, uh, unable to get out of the basement under most conditions. He can't summon a crowd, he can't summon a nation. Uh, In a lot of his interviews, he can't even summon a complete sentence. Last night on The Next Revolution, I joined Steve Hilton, And Jared Kushner, senior advisor and son-in-law to the president, was also on the program discussing the tremendous progress the Trump administration has made in the Middle East. And if you've seen the news, you understand that the UAE and Bahrain have made these very consequential peace deals with Israel. They're going to result in diplomatic relationships, more trade, more economic cooperation. It does bear some comparison between this administration and the last administration on the handling of the Middle East. I mean, Barack Obama and Joe Biden handed the biggest terrorist organization in the Middle East, also known as Iran, a hell of a lot of money and a license to go build a nuclear weapon. That made the region less safe, less stable, and it allowed terrorism to be funded at a far higher extent, not just in the Middle East, but around the world where Iran provokes and encourages and funds terrorism. Instead of taking that approach, the Trump administration has withdrawn troops. They have killed the terrorists, including the leader of uh, Al Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula and also Qasem Soleimani, who was leading the Quds Force, which utilized a lot of these proxy forces and militias throughout the Middle East to destabilize governments and and raise a, a really negative ruckus uh, and it cost American lives, and it's cost far too much American treasure as well. So as we're withdrawing troops, I think that it it forces, in a way, a lot of these emerging Gulf monarchies like the UAE and Qatar uh, to go ahead and roll up their sleeves, get at the peacemaking table, and work something out. So I'm grateful for the progress. Take a listen to Jared Kushner's take and mine as well. Everyone was saying that President Trump would be creating wars. He's not. He's making peace deals. We have a peace negotiation this weekend that Secretary Pompeo's in in Afghanistan. That's a
1: war that our past politicians got us into and weren't able to end. We're bringing our troops home. And uh, again,
0: the American people want to see results. And ultimately, they're going to look at what's better for them, what's better for their families. And when they look at that question they say, who do I want representing us against China and against these other countries? Uh, I think that they'll see that President Trump, he's a tough guy, but it takes a tough guy to fix the country and to, uh, to get us to where we need to be. The Trump doctrine is thriving throughout the world and creating conditions for a cascading peace. President Trump's decision to withdraw troops from the Middle East is directly tied to these peace settlements. With less precious American blood and treasure to squander or weaponize against one another, it turns out the kingdoms of the Middle East can actually make peace rather than war. Prior presidents wandered around in these deserts for 40 years like Moses. President Trump's getting the job done in just four years. Imagine what he'll do with another four. The Trump administration has announced a plan to get our troop levels down to about 4,500 in Afghanistan. Uh, They were well over 8,000 when President Trump took office and President Trump is keeping his promise to disentangle our country from these never-ending Middle East wars. Now these actions won't be popular with the Boltonistas, with the Liz Cheney crowd, with the military industrial complex and the armchair generals, but it is popular with the American people and it is also productive because as the president is announcing these troop drawdowns we are seeing historic progress in talks between the Afghan government and the Taliban. Now do I trust the Taliban? No. Would I expect that there likely will continue to be violence in Afghanistan? Well, yes, I think there's been violence in Afghanistan in one form or another for all of my life and certainly uh, throughout the course of human history in that part of the world. But we cannot be a country that follows every potential terrorist into every potential cave all around the world at the expense of American lives and at the expense of America's prosperity. It is far better to become more resilient at home, to utilize technology better, and to encourage people to win and earn and negotiate for and even potentially die for their own peace. Because peace is not something that can be bought with the blood of US service members alone. Our military members and their families are so precious that we should never allow them to expire on the battlefield when there is unknowable gain when there is not a clear strategy and where the conflict is a mechanism largely to maintain profits for major defense contractors who benefit from the billions upon billions of dollars in unaccounted for funding that exists when we're at war. So I always believe if we're going to send folks down range, they absolutely have to have the equipment and training to prevail decisively every single time, but that does not mean that we have to spend another 10, 20, 30 years in Afghanistan. I'm proud that President Trump is bringing down troop levels and achieving peace in the process. Thanks for listening to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Give us a hand and throw a five-star rating on Apple iTunes if that's your podcast listening platform. And No matter where you're listening, make sure you subscribe so each and every day you can join us for more hot takes.